welcome to our podcast for the month of September. Hey, everybody. I keep I keep saying, thinking in my head, it's already October. Yeah. I've, I've finished September uh-huh. in my head. Okay. We still have a couple days left. We do. So let's stick with that. We'll stick with it. Welcome to Serial Moms. This is our podcast. As I was explaining to a friend last night, it's, you know, 40-ish minutes of uh-huh. Susan and I just riffing on sometimes PR things because we are we work in PR, sometimes just business things. Uh-huh. A little bit of personal in there, a little bit of fun. Yep. We hope you laugh. We hope you weigh in. Absolutely. We've gotten some great comments in the last little bit since our Facebook page went live. So check us out on Facebook, Serial Moms Podcast. Yeah. All right, so what do we got today? So today we are going to talk about a couple different things. Um, The first is showing appreciation. Okay. And how we show appreciation and how we like to receive appreciation. Okay. So let's touch on that. There are a couple books out there, um, The Five Languages of Love and then The Five Languages of Business. Wow, okay. Uh, Very fascinating. I think they have some articles as well uh, out there about them. So it's, it's more how do you like to give appreciation to show people that you care and you appreciate them. And then how do you like to receive it? Okay. So we'll touch on that. Good tackle. And then there's also, um, an article that I read in Inc about, uh, seven ways to interact with people, seven ways to be the most interesting person. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to touch on some items that they outline there of, you know, things that you should be, um, talking with people about to know when you're being boring, (laughs) Uh, to know the questions to ask and, um, and just how to sort of leave an impression on people. Uh, cause I think in this day and age where we're so socially and digitally driven, it's really nice when you're having a conversation with somebody and you make a lasting impression. Yeah. Yeah. And keep it fresh. Yeah. And have something to connect with them with. Um, so I talked to my students a lot about that. They have to do for an assignment for two assignments in the fall, They have to go to two events where they network and they have to list two people that they met at that networking event and the impact that they had on them. Um, I will bet you that more than any other assignment they get, this is the one that probably instills the most fear and terror. In them. Absolutely. Some yeah. people, I, well, I ask them, you know, who loves to go to an event where they don't know anybody? Very few people raise their hand. Now, I love to go to events where I don't know anybody. Uh, but I think there were two students that raised their hands Yeah, and I asked them how many were terrified to go to a networking event and probably 80% raised their hands. Sure. So it'll be interesting to see what they come back with on their assignments. Good little boot camp. I like yeah, it. Exactly. <clears throat> uh, and then I'm going to let you add in a fun topic at the end. Off the cuff. Off the cuff. A fun here. topic. Yeah. Okay. I have all podcasts to think about what that might be. Okay. Okay. Okay, Good. I'm a little scared. So let's talk about showing appreciation. All right. So you, yeah, you start because you've probably got some thoughts on this already. Right. So there are the, the five languages of love, which I read. I love that book. It's a great book. So important. Right. And so it's, it touches upon ways that you like to be appreciated Mm -hmm. and then also how you show appreciation. Sure. So, um, you know, I have friends where every time they go away, they bring me something from wherever they were because that's their, it's sort of the token gift, the, the token reminder. Gift. Yep. And then there are other things where it's just a, you know, I'd like to do this nice thing for you, or I want to show you that I care. And I don't actually even have to tell you what I've done, 
but you'll figure it out and be like, wow, that was really sweet. Right. So what are, what are some of the things that you like to do when you are giving appreciation? Um, I think I'm more of the behavior, the demonstrator, mm-hmm. like I show a versus, and I, i try to be cognizant about saying it like to my husband in that case, I will be like, um, you know, I will say thank you in a way that's, you know, almost the way I might say to a client or mm-hmm. somebody. Mm-hmm. And, and he, he's often like, you know, he tries to tell me this thing, like in marriage, you don't have to say thank you. And I'm like, no, in marriage you do. Yeah, absolutely. You do have to say thank you. So I, and I will say, I will actually use the word appreciate. I mm-hmm. so appreciate the fact that you did the dishes tonight. Yep. Thank you. Yeah. You know, um, but I also in turn show it by, um, thinking ahead to what his day might be and making something easier for him. Mm-hmm. Like if it's, you know, I made his lunch or, um, I did laundry for him or something, you know, or put his clothes away or just made something easier for him. Right. I was thinking of him. I mean, we do it for kids and ten- like just, um, I think involuntarily kind uh-huh. of because they're your children. But right. I think with your spouse, there's a little more in, um, you know, you're more intentional about it. Right. And our kids are now old enough where they should be able to appreciate what we do for them in terms of the things that you just mentioned. Yes. And so I feel like I vocalize it because I want them to hear it too. Yes. You know, they hear me saying it and they pick up on that's a thing. Right. Right. So what's an example of that? Like you vocalizing, like saying something to your husband about how in you front appreciate of him. Yep. I okay. so appreciate that you guys did this. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I've heard it echoed back to me. I've heard the kids say it. Mm-hmm. No, I haven't heard Roger use that exact phrase, but he's more of a touch. Okay. You know, his language is touch. So, okay. Yeah. I, I feel it from him. You feel it. Yeah. Right. 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 <laughs> Yeah, it is interesting. And I think also the longer you've been in a relationship, the more you have to vocalize it too. Because as you, you know, we're, we're having our 15 year wedding anniversary in a month. So we've been together now like 22 years, 21 years. And it is one of those things where it is nice to hear appreciation or I'm sorry. Um, you know, cause that's, that could be hard for somebody to say. We had an instance last week where I was taking my son out to a high school visit and in the morning I had to get a whole bunch of work stuff done before I headed out and my husband forgot that the Comcast guy was coming to replace all of our boxes and that's sort of his thing. I really don't care about all that and he leaves and just completely forgot about it. So I have this guy at my house who can't be alone with my child but I'm running around trying to get you know a proposal out for FEMA after Hurricane Florence and trying to get all these things done and I called my husband about 50 times and finally he picked up, he was on the Metro and I was like, you got to come back home. So then he's, you know, a little bit miffed at me, uh, but he forgot. Right. So he clearly, I was miffed at him. Uh, but then he walked in the door that night and he's like, I'm so sorry about this morning. And I, you know, I, yeah, I was, I was upset with him, but it was like, I just had to go through my day and get everything done, but it just felt so good. Such a huge difference that makes yeah. than if he had gone on with the day or the evening and not acknowledged right. that. Right. Yeah. So that is, you know, I, I realized that he appreciated the fact that, um, or he understood that he put me in a bad position. Yeah. Yeah. And so that did feel good. Um, 
So what about appreciation for people that you work with, like on the national PRSA board? Um, <clears throat> I have a frog in my throat today, people. So I apologize. Sam um, just uh, flew in from Arizona on a red eye. So yeah, yeah. Thanks for being here. Packed flight, by uh, the way. Always. Middle seat, of course. Always, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, how I show appreciation to yeah. clients, to clients, and to board members, and to board mem- fellow board members. I mean, I the PRSA National Board that I'm on, Public Relations Society of America, is. These folks are some of the greatest folks I've ever met. Mm-hmm. Like I love all of them. Love like individual and collectively just a great group. And I appreciate them in large and small ways, small ways. Um, if, if somebody writes a text and says, Hey, can somebody cover me on this? You know, we dive in, uh-huh. you know, I'll dive in, you know, whatever. Or if somebody just writes a text and says, I'm having a, you know, this happened to me today, just showing support. Right. You got this. You're good. Uh-huh. No, no worries. Or, um, you know, catching a, you know, grabbing a, um, the coffee tab with them, you know, when we're together, um, having their back in a meeting, mm-hmm. you know, somebody expressing something that's maybe unpopular and just looking for the way that you can agree with them or looking for the nugget that we have alignment on you right. know, first. Yep. And just respect like complete and utter professional respect. That's great. Yeah. That's great to feel that you have a group <clears throat> of people like that. Um, that no matter what you have, you know, we're a team. They have, yeah. We're a solid team. We are united front. We have each other's backs and it, there's no, nothing like that. Yeah. You know? I could tell when we were at the, uh, anvils last year and we were, um, you were introducing me around to your friends and just the amount of respect that they have for you and the way you were gushing about them. It's just great to see that professionally. Cause that doesn't always happen these days. And we've, we've, we've spent so much time together and we've gotten to know each other personally that, you know, we like the people behind everything right. and we don't all share the same religion and politics and all that crap, but we just genuinely like each other, Uh huh. you know? So remembering stuff like, um, you know, there's one guy that is, he's out of, <clears throat> he's head of PR for the national pork board. Uh huh. So whenever we're, we see pigs or we're around pigs right. or anything. We think of him and we text him and we take pictures. Right. We found at the restaurant last night, we found a t-shirt and it was like, um, um, pork knowledge. <laughs> it's like the words in the shape of a pig uh-huh. that have to do with, you know, all things pork, but not at all. Like, you know, there's one that's like pork and Mindy. Oh, that's <laughs> it's just like riffing off his stuff. And we bought the t-shirt for him and we're uh-huh. going to bring it to, right right because we love him and and we support him and he's just you know fun and that's like the type of thing we do for each other right you know that's great i feel like i have that with the boss ladies yes like we um we will see things for each other and just buy them like i'm thinking of you and um i remember one day somebody sent me a um what was it nasty lady what was the nasty nasty woman nasty woman um, so all of a sudden one day I get this big box delivered and it is nasty woman wine from California nice. from Heather, Yeah, nice. you know, just really funny, sweet. And it just shows people it was, you know, a, I felt so, um, thought de- of, yeah. And, yeah. And delighted. And just that, that somebody appreciates me that much, mm-hmm. um, is really fun. Mm-hmm. And so I think you have to earn that from people. 
And I think they have to earn it from you, like the pork guy. They do, but also I think that the if you're in a situation with a client or a board, uh-huh. there is a role that the leader plays in building the team. Right, true. And that has to be there. Yep. From the get-go and throughout the time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the current chair, um, shout out to Tony D'Angelo, who's, who's just like the most amazing guy, leader, great great leader. Um, he has created a culture and an environment to make that happen, to enable that to flourish, to have us. And it started with the chair last year, Jane Dvorak. I mean, Uh they, they just have created this, um, culture and this environment where that's how we developed together. Uh And I hope we continue it. I think there's, you know, thankfully there, there's this staggering terms and you'll continue it. And, you know, I'm sure, you know, you guys have, you, I mean, you guys are so close, the boss ladies, but uh-huh. also in other environments, you know, it, it, that culture starts, I think with the leader setting right. the tone. Absolutely. Weaving it in. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, we'd love to hear your thoughts on appreciation and how you feel appreciated. Uh, cause we'd like to continue to talk about this topic. So send in any ideas, any thoughts that you have. I think uh, it's so important stories. in this work climate too, you mm-hmm. know, like that we remember to do that. Right. Um, so much change and so much angst and so much vitriol and so much, um, competition and, and things happening like that, that it's important to stop and show the people that are really mattering to you. Right. That they do matter, right. that you value them. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Good. So let's, let's move on to, um, the article that we read about yeah. the, uh, sort of seven, seven things that, um, everybody should know when they head into a networking event or sort of seven questions. Interesting people always asking conversations. There we go. Yeah. There we go. Pulled it up. And, um, I, the reason that I picked, pick this article is there was a segment on NPR the other day about how in different areas of the country, people ask different questions sure. to get to know them. And in DC, it's what, what do you do? 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 <laughs> and on the, on the West coast, it's what do you like to do? Okay. Or, or, you know, how do you have fun? And okay. over here on the East coast, and especially in DC, it's, what, it's do do? what do you do? And, um, in areas in the Midwest, it's where'd you go to high school? which I thought was interesting. Is that right? And, Crazy. um, and so I feel like that question is so overdone, but you have to kind of ask it when you're at a networking event in DC. But I thought that some of these other, um, tips that they give were pretty good and pretty practical. Uh, which one, the first one I love is, or I think it's one of the first ones, like know when you're being boring, (laughs) know when you're over talking or when you be able to read people in the room, uh, and read people that you are talking to for the first time or the 20th time, you know, picking up on the, um, nonverbal that people are telling you when you're talking. Right. I think it takes self-awareness too. Right. Right. Exactly. So, you know, I've been to networking events where I've heard about people's cats and their, medical history and whew, you know, that's not the time or place. And I don't even know you that well. Cats check. Right. Medical history check. I'm just putting them on the not list. Yeah. For me, that's, I mean, I care about you, so I'd care about your cat, but if I just meet you in an event, I don't know, probably not. So context, right? Yeah. I was reading this article and I was, I don't think I, and you guys can look this up, but I, and we're going to get into it, but I don't think there's hard and fast rules per se. I think the overarching takeaway is, 
um, and we've talked about this is the authenticity piece, right? The context. And that's, I think what you mean by, you know, picking up on clues and whatnot. And, you know, this <laughs> surprisingly goes with being good at communicating like for our clients uh-huh. and for creating good content. This right. Is, I do blog posts about this. It's like finding the context with your audience and the relevance to them. Right. And then adding value where you can. Absolutely. So same in personal conversations. Right. Right. Like I always think about things that, you know, you send in an email or the way that you write things in blog posts. It It's a representation of who you are. And so people think if that's the way you are when you're representing yourself, they want it to align with what you're doing when you're representing them as a client or their client. Right. So you have to make sure that you are always... Um, presenting yourself in a way that you would be proud of. Right. So, you know, to the, so just to hit on in the not being boring, two of the things that he highlights is being brief and being positive mm-hmm. and, um, staying upbeat in the conversation. Um, beware of polarizing topics like religion and politics. I, I'm so bad at that. Like, but again, I think it's also reading the room in your audience. Yeah. I I've made mistakes, but I think sometimes in some cases, if you read your audience correctly, you can have a really lively, interesting conversation. Right. Um, but staying positive is a, is a hard one for some people, mm-hmm. you know, and like we've talked about this on social media as well. It's like some of those folks that are just Debbie Downers yeah. every day about everything. And you're just like unfollow. Cause right. it's one thing to, you know, have a bad day and, and people show compassion and, right. and you get that lift. But to every day be like, you know, glasses half full, mm-hmm. Eeyore, woe is me. Yep. Yeah. We can't all take it. We're yeah. all feeling our own, you know, we're trying to get on there to feel inspired. Right. You know, not brought down. Exactly. Exactly. And and it's funny knowing your your audience. Um, you know, my husband grew up in Utah. He is a Republican, always has been, always will be. But because we're in DC, I think and where we live, people automatically assume that he's a liberal Democrat. Hmm. And so he'll be at work and people will bring up topics and he just sits there and doesn't say anything. Thinks it's safe. Takes it but all he in. Just, he doesn't engage. Yeah. So that that's one of the things he says, you know, is one of your clues is if somebody's not asking you yeah. any questions, yeah. that means that they're probably disengaged. Right. Change the subject, move on, do something different at that time. So the most valuable thing I think he says is be curious. Yeah. And that's, you know, um, the whole notion of now asking questions and drawing that other person out. Right. So Susan students, if you're listening, that's the key to networking. Right. Um, I don't think that, um, what do you do or where do you work is bad per se, but Mm -hmm. don't let that be your, you know, um, your one thing that you, you right. Don't, don't let that be a crutch. Right. Right. You know? Yeah. Like when I, when um, I meet with clients, like I like to physically meet with people and just pick out something, um, to talk about where it becomes sort of your point of discussion. So I have a client who grew up in Maryland and now she lives in the same town that I grew up in. And so it's, it's kind of funny. She grew up in silver spring town next to us. She's now living in the same town. We share a school district where the town where I grew up. And so we always have something to talk about. She knows some of my friends from high school because Mm. their kids go to her Mm. kid's school. 
And so it's just a great connection point for us. It is. And we were at a meeting in New York and uh, we have a client who does triathlons and I don't know how we got on it, but now every time she does a triathlon, she calls me and tells me how she did and how she thought of me. And that's nice. You know, so I think it's, it is one of those things where if you have the connector points and if it's something that somebody's wearing or something that they, you know, have a piece of jewelry about or a notebook or a phone case, there's so much that you can tell from people that you can be curious about. Right. And some people are very shy and they don't like to go into detail and you kind of have to know when to let it go. Yeah. Um, and then when to pursue it. Right. Right. So then he goes on and he says, um, tell a good story. So Mm -hmm. have, some really good, like you've told these stories before. Um, he says even well rehearsed, like you've tested them with other audiences and found them to be reliably interesting and funny with right. other groups. So Susan, what, what's one of your go-tos? So one of my go-to stories, so this is not, should I, should it be a professional <clears throat> one or does it have to? Well, any of them. Okay. Yeah. So I think this is one of the funnier stories and it usually comes up when we're talking about travel and work travel. So I had a, a, a good friend who was a beer sales guy uh, when we first got out of college, and he was at this resort and um, got a little, had a little bit too much to drink. And so he, um, you know, this all comes out during the story, but he sleeps in the nude, and he got up in the middle of the night to go to what he thought was the bathroom, and he walked out into the hallway, and the door shut and locked behind him, and he is completely naked. Hilarious. So he goes to a garbage can, uh, takes an extra garbage bag out, kicks two holes in it, and it looks almost like a diaper, but he didn't want to be completely naked. Right, right. Going to the, the, the front lobby to get the, the yes. key. <gasps> so he goes to the lobby and he says, you know, I'm sorry, I locked myself out. And he goes up to the room and the guy is letting him back in the room. He realizes that he has peed all over the door when he was asleep. <gasps> so like he wakes up, goes what into what he thinks is the bathroom, pees all over the hotel room door and floor, and then goes to the front of uh, the front desk to get people to let him in the room. And the way he tells the story is hysterical. So that's kind of his go-to story. I tell it too, because I think it's hilarious. Like you're peeing on a door and you wake up at that moment, like, oh, oh my gosh. gosh. Right. So that, I mean, that's obviously not one you'd tell in a professional setting. <laughs> depending. Depending on who it is. Yeah. Depending if you got to make a wine. judgment call there. Yeah. Um, so, but I just think that is one of the funnier stories of somebody traveling for work and just, you know, the unfortunate that's situations. Because sometimes, you know, stuff happens and there's little glitches when you're traveling for work and it's like, oh, have I got a story from you, for you? This is what happened that's to a my good friend, one. John. I don't know that I have any go-tos. Like, you know, when people ask how Roger and I met, I love telling that story. Yep. That's a great story. Um, it's more personal. Uh-huh. Um, but I can't, I don't know that I have a go-to for work, but I, I know that I'm a good storyteller. So I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but it is good to have one that's sort of rehearsed and one that, um, like I, people always want to know, how did you start your business? Like, how did you, how did you have the gumption to start your own business? And I, you know, I like telling that story. That's gotta be a good story. And packaged. I feel like I've sort of perfected it over the years. Cause I used to be like, Oh, and I forgot this part. I had this client who did this and, and now I've sort of got it set so that when people ask me, cause my students ask me a lot. Yeah. Um, of course. And I feel like I've got it kind of wrapped up. Right. So, so that's kind of fun. 
Okay. Um, so then he goes into, um, the seven questions. Okay. Um, now I'm going to tell you off the bat, like, I don't love all of these. Okay. Yeah. Like some of them I was like, well, that's more of a teenage slumber party. Uh-huh. And that one's more of a bad job interview question. Right. But some of these are good. So, um, you know, the whole like, the first question he says, like, what's your story? So uh-huh. kind of just really open and you're getting, you're drawing somebody out. Yeah. You get them. To that question to me seems very snarky. So what's your story? So again, what's it's your story. So it's like how you say it and, right. and you know, who you're, who you're talking to, I think. Um, next one, what was the highlight of your day or week? So, um, you're just putting it already in a positive note, right. you're getting somebody to talk positive. We do that at dinner every night at my house. What was the highlight of your day? But if you ask a New Englander, and I can say that because I'm from New England, you know, we have a tendency to go south quick. So <laughs> if you said, what was the highlight or the day of your week? We might come back and go, well, it wasn't. Right. You know, there right. wasn't one. Right. You know, <laughs> we tell you the shit that happened to right, me yesterday. Right, right. And we'll go right down. Yeah. You know, so... Um, my but kids I think that's that okay. Sometimes. I think it's all about just the entree that yeah. you're giving them. Yeah. My kids will say, oh, it was terrible. And you know, the teacher was so mean and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, what'd you do at recess? And then they're always, you know, then the smile comes on or, you know, just, oh, I heard that Joe came over after school, you know, whatever it is. So you, you can get positive answers out of things. They just have to reframe. Like my, my 13 year old who has become a real teenager in the last two months, um, since he turned 13, he, he said to me, um, he, he pretty much calls me every day after school. And he was like, today has been the worst day. And I was like, did you have a bad day or did you have a bad five minutes? And I think that's really important because yeah, yeah. I'm really trying to teach my kids. Like you have to snap back, you, you know, like things change. People have to change what they're doing. You might not get this full study session or it might rain and you might not have baseball, but you have to, you have to reframe it. You have to kind of be able to accept the change and move on and not take it out on the person that's made that change. I, I, I love that mm-hmm. bad day or bad five minutes. Right. That's good for adults too. It is. It is. Um, okay. Next one I think is one of those, like, I, I don't know that I'm going to, this is very, um, game show. What it was one of the most defining moments in your life. Uh huh. I, I, that's not coming up in an interview. It's, that's not coming up in networking. Yeah. That's like, um, you're up for an award and you, you need like talking points. You for need a time speech. to think about that. Yeah. One. Like yeah. T- tell me that one three days before we're meeting, ask me that question and then I'll come up with something good, but off the cuff, that'd be very tough. Well, but also awkward for the person to ask it. It's yeah. like, Susan Apgood, what right. is the most defining moment right. of your life? Right, right, right. You know, like it's just not natural. Right. Um, again, and here's, here's one that I think is good for interviews, but, um, what book has influenced you the most? Uh huh. Now in ca- in in business networking, Susan students, if you're listening, <laughs> the, the adaptation of this that I think is very good is what are you reading right, right. now? I love that question. Yeah. I love that question. So that gets you, but what book has influenced right. you the most? Right. That's more like essay question for the bio. Right. You know? Right. Or like the, the, the interview. Yeah. I was at a, an event last week, one of the kids triathlons in Virginia, and I had two very long conversations with two very interesting people. One was a mom of a, um, cancer survivor and her son is 24 
he's a five-time cancer survivor. She was just incredible, incredible. And her husband was there and we were just talking about books that we've loved. And he, the husband came in and started talking about it and he's like, Oh, you've read that. Okay. You're, you totally get it. Yeah. Like he and I just, now we have this connection connection that is amazing. And then I, you know, we were talking, starting businesses and I met this other guy who owns a doggy daycare in Virginia and he and I started talking about books and I had all these books fresh in my head. I'm like, you have to be read when by Daniel pink, that will change your life. And he was talking about how his business is so successful because of his employees. And you could tell he was like oozing pride for them and how they were problem solvers. And they just like, he would come up with an idea and it would just be done. And he's, he was like, I've never had that before. And I just feel like right now I have the perfect team. And so I was like that you have to read when, because that will solidify what you're doing and open up a few other doors for what you should be thinking about in the future. So I think having that is a great conversation starter. Um, I just have to ask you something you said there. Do you think like when dogs hear us call it a doggy daycare that some are like, you know, we're fucking dogs, (laughs) call it a dog daycare. We're not babies. <laughs> Do you think that's ever thinking that? I know it makes it seem like like once they're mature, like kids, they, can they don't really home by need themselves. them. They right. can. They always need but daycare. I think some dogs need daycare, and they might not like the they doggy turn. Get PC, would you? Okay. Okay. I'm sorry. It's a dog daycare. It's a dog doggy daycare. <laughs> I like that. It's cute. <laughs> um, what was your dream job growing up? Yeah. Now again, not professional to professional and networking. I don't see that coming up. I see that as more of a, Hey, we're going to profile you, Susan, for the, you know, chapter profile. Tell us about the the dream job, (laughs) the dream job that, um, you had growing up. That was literally asked of me by PRSA when I did the strategies and tactics. Oh, cool. Yeah. Like they, they, you know, and I was like, I forget what I said. I think I said DJ. I think I said podcast host. Right. See, (laughs) I'm going to find some other woman. I'm living the dream. (laughs) Living the dream. Um, Number six, if you could know the absolute and total truth to one question, what question would you ask? Um, Again, that's another one. Give me three days to think about it. Yeah. Or like, you know, teenage sleepover party. Right. Like I, I, or truth or dare. I don't see me <laughs> sidling up to Jeff at the, you know, Todd Awards in October with a drink in his hand at the bar and going, so Jeff, if you could know the absolute and total truth to one question, what question would you ask? Right. I I just, I don't see me incorporating that into professional networking. I Yeah, I agree. You agree? I agree. Um. Yeah, he's like, <clears throat> the guy who wrote this is like, who really killed JFK? Um, is there a God? And the point is, is that whether the answer is serious, cerebral, funny, or ridiculous, it's interesting enough to clue you in to the other person's interest, values, yeah. beliefs, or sense of humor. So, but I think the question itself is a little too setty yuppy. Yeah, it is. It is. Scratch that one. All right. Number seven, why did you choose your profession? Uh-huh. Um, so again, you've got to modulate this for your audience. Yep. Cause if you are, uh, amongst recent college grads, um, I, I, you might want to, you know, it's not like, why did you change this profession? It's like, Oh, you know, like, um, 
you know, what drew you to this major or uh-huh. what drew you to this, you know, what do you like so far about what you're doing? Right. Or, you know right. what I mean? Yeah. I had a student come up to me just today. She's a freshman. She just started a month ago and she said, I don't know if I should major in econ or finance and I don't know what kind of job I'll get before I go to law school or business school. And I was like, well, we need to like take a step back and just get through your freshman year do some internships, figure out what you like, and most importantly, what you don't like. Because I think people will go into a situation thinking, as a student, I want to do this. And it's I, I like to tell them, it's totally fine to change your mind. Because I feel like people are letting people down if they switch from you know finance to accounting or whatever it is. And in the whole scheme of things, it really doesn't matter. And that's what I was trying to tell the student. Yeah. It really does not matter. I think they come at it, college students in particular, because I, and I'd say this because I think I did, with a stack of assumptions. Yeah. Right? And they forget that the that they could be completely blank slate open. Right. That there isn't, you don't have to assume this is what the trail is. Right. And, and I saw somebody speak at a conference probably eight or 10 years ago, and she was the head of HR at JetBlue. And what I thought was interesting, she talked about her career path, and she did it as a bunch of S's moving back and forth. And I did this because of this. And, and then I got this IT job, which moved me into HR. And it was very interesting because I think people think that you have to have like this linear, linear way of moving up. Yeah. And you don't, I mean, it, it, most people's is, is, you know, sort of the switchbacks. And then all of a sudden you're like, Oh, this makes sense. I had this job because of that. And I had this job because of that. And that's gotten me the skills to where I am right now. Yeah, I heard somebody refer to it similarly as not a career ladder, but a jungle gym. Yep. You swing around over here, uh-huh. swing back over here. I like it. Yeah. Because I think I've done that too. I it's think not a straight everybody line has. Yeah. Unless you start at a firm and you, like, like people did 50, 60 years ago, and you literally move up the corporate ladder until you get your gold watch and retire. But people just don't do that now. Yeah. Right? So we are all moving around, even internally. If you have a position, it's probably changed, even if you've had it for a couple of years, from what it was when you started. So that you have a shift there that's a jungle gym shift as opposed to just a, a shift on the way up. There you go. So, yeah, I agree. Okay. Okay, good. So now I'm so curious. What's our third topic? Our th- gosh, you put me on the spot. Um, you know, it, it can go without saying, but I'm going to go ahead and say it that um, in our lives, it can be very easy to forget to um, stop and take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and the taking care of yourself does not have to be a big thing, but um, it can be something as simple as um, making sure that you make time uh, 20 minutes of just yourself thinking with nobody around. Mm -hmm. It can be just making sure that you eat a good lunch. Uh It can be making sure that you, um, stretch your legs. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, and I just feel like uh, for me in the last couple of months, you know, kind of forgetting to breathe and forgetting to, um, pause and remember that, um, guilt-free, legit, it's okay to want to soothe yourself. Right, right. Um, There's no weakness in it. Mm -hmm. There's no um, defeat in it. Mm -hmm. It's actually very, very um, empowering, and it shows that um, 
you can really come back stronger uh-huh. if you take the time. So, you know, a couple of things that I, I've been doing is just being, um, you know, more, um, focused on guarding those moments, mm-hmm. you know, not just keep giving into, you know, you know, the constant, um, can you, can you do this for me and saying yes? And can you do this mm-hmm. for me until I'm, I'm sucked into it all. You right. Know? So taking, uh, guarding my walk time, uh-huh. guarding my 30 minutes in the morning before my day starts coffee time. Mm-hmm. You know, like, um, w- went on this trip last, last weekend and I had to leave at like four in the morning on Saturday to get my, or on Friday to get my flight. And my youngest son was like, wake me up. And I was like, no, honey, I'm, I'm saying goodbye to you tonight before you go to bed. Um, and he's like, no, wake me up. I want to say goodbye. And in my head, I'm like, I, I'm, I'm going to time enough time when I wake up to take care of myself before I go. Yeah. And you know, it's not going to be valuable for him. Right. You know, it's not going to be, it's not going to matter. Right. So just like it's okay to say no to a couple things just to give yourself that sanity. Right. Absolutely. So it wasn't funny thing, but that's my advice. That's okay. my little, you know, hack, I think. Yeah. And we at Miraval this summer went to a lecture about the difference between selfishness and self-care. And, um, like I get a massage every month. It's God, I I hope that's a really thick line. Please don't tell me that's a fine line. No, it's, it it, it is. It's, it's more, um, people feel guilty, especially when they're moms about doing things that they are doing to take care of themselves. And so like I get my nails done every time I need to. And that is a, you know, my, my kids might look at that as a selfish thing because it doesn't add to their, you know, whatever. But to me, it is a self-care thing. It's not a selfish thing. I think the, the clue comes in like in the, um, this this actually circles back to a great article that I read, which was how not to be a dickhead parent oh, that yes. was circulating. Yes. And Written by a British person. Cause all the words had S's instead of Z's in them. I don't yeah. Know yeah. No, I, th- I, th- I did. I did. Yeah. And I thought she was Australian actually, but oh, maybe. Okay. Um, I, so number one of the ones on that was, um, with your kids, it's, it's quantity time, mm-hmm. not quality time. Mm-hmm. And that hit me like a ton of bricks because mm-hmm. I, I did not get quantity time with anybody as a kid. Uh-huh. And my mom used to always talk about quality time, quality time. And when you get older, you don't remember the, um, things you did per se, you remember that mom and dad were always there for you. Right. Right. So I think as long as your kids feel that mm-hmm. connection to you and that they're, you're there for them whenever you need, then they're not going to reflect on your getting your nails done as right. selfish, right? right Cause right, they're right. going to feel cared for, right? They're going to feel covered, right? And they're going to go, that's mom taking care of mom. Right. I respect that. Right. And you're, you're modeling self-care. Right. And so then they're going to know that this is a legit thing for me to do to go work out or go get my hair cut uh-huh. or whatever, even if it's just meditation. Right. It's legit time away from other people. Right. That you deserve. Yeah. Yeah. And I love one of those, um, articles that in one of the points in that article was, um, you know, if you choose to send you to your kids to private school, which I do, you can't ever make them feel guilty about the tuition. Oh my God. And, and it's funny that one hit me really hard because it's like high school, like triples in price. 
and but that's my choice to send them to this school like they would probably be fine if I sent them to the public school and there's absolutely nothing wrong with the public school it's great but that's my decision and I have to do what I can to make that happen and if I can't make it happen I can't make it happen if you hear me really clear if you are a parent that is throwing the tuition that you decided to pay for your kid back at their face you're being a dickhead yes that very a, very clearly that is a dickhead move right so we'll post the article up on our on our um blog on our facebook page on our facebook page and also so real quick before we go i want to acknowledge that we had our our first critique Uh-oh. come in since our last oh, yeah, podcast we sure did. And, um, I want to just give it a little bit of, um, respect and credence. Um, one of our listeners was saddened to hear in one of our podcasts, I made a stupid, thoughtless joke at the expense of the lovely people of West Virginia. Um, it was something of a bit of a, a, a joke that played upon the stereotype and I, um, it was thoughtless. And I told this listener that, um, I definitely, um, you know, definitely still have learning to do Mm -hmm. and I'm not going to be perfect. I'm going to make mistakes, but it opened my eyes to just even like the littlest offhand remark that I can make, Mm -hmm. how that can make people feel. And so apologies for that. Very, very heartfelt apologies. I will do better. Um, I know I, I disparaged a little bit New Englanders today, but I am one. Right. I feel like I you can I, always disparage your own. I think I earned <laughs> that ability. Like we, uh-huh. uh, if I have any friends in New Hampshire right now that are listening in the 603, write in and tell me if it was okay, but we definitely will go South sometimes. If you okay. want to keep it positive, we I will mean, take you down. It's negative. damn cold there a lot of times of the year. So you deserve it. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> So we don't have a sponsor for today. Do you have a sponsor? Um, it's it's not that I have a sponsor, but I will give a shout out to Prescott, Arizona. Okay. As a amazing... Their um, chamber. The Greater Prescott Chamber of Commerce. Yeah, not Prescott. Oh. Prescott. Prescott. Get there, girl. Like a Prescott. Like a Triscuit. Like, like a press a, kit. Like, like you're going to give a press I'm kit. I'm going to, yeah, send yes. out the press kit. Send out the press kit. Got so it. press kit, just beautiful, about 90 minutes north of um, Phoenix. Nice. And um, just hiking, kayaking. There's a hill there that I conquered called um, Thumb Butte, which I um, affectionately refer to as Thumb Butt. Nice. Yep. I, I want to thumb up the butt. Thumb butt. Yep. Excellent. Well, good. Well, thanks for listening. And we will see you in October since it's still technically september we'll never see you we won't you'll hear us yes we'll be in touch see us on facebook yeah peace out peace out